I will smash your face into a car windshield and then take your mother, Dorothy Mantooth, out for a nice seafood dinner and never call her again. Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. You understand me? Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. Hey, leave the mothers out of this, all right? Get ready. Woo! We are tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunas. think 65 and ties makes it difficult to get six of six golfers through? Try 60th. 60th in ties. That's right. Even making the cut at the U.S. Open is difficult. And the Country Club at Brookline is this year's host to the esteemed golf tournament. And as a golfer, as a PGA DFS player, as a better, I find very few weekends of golf, maybe no weekend of golf, that has such massive upside in such high anticipation of what could be fun, challenging play from the PGA Tour. Now, I call the US Open a true testament of a golfer's ability to be the best player in the world for four straight days. But before that breakdown, hello Canada, hello Australia, hello USA, hello UK, hello Germany, Sweden, South Africa, what's up Indiana, what's up Minnesota, California, New York, a shout out to Nevada, no idea why. They're listening. Hello, Henrico County, and give it up for Virginia. And I want to give a shout out to my man Jake. He carried his team in his first ever scramble, dominated off the tee, set his team up on approach, and of course, nailed the winning putt. I saw the video. Hey, even though we love the PGA Tour, it's still nice to support youth golf and growing the game. Nice work, man. Keep up the lessons. Rich, keep at it, bro. Keep at it. And as always, we'd like to remind our listeners that we can be found on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. Basically, anywhere you listen to your podcast, we're there. So please subscribe, stay up to date with the cut line if you like what you're hearing. Leave us a comment, five stars, thumbs up, whatever you do, hit that like button. Now, if you're new to this show... Douchebag says what? What? <laughs> what? What? And if you're a returning listener, you guys are... Glorious. Hey, buddy. I'm Mike Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, L-I-U-N-A-S, and the CutlineGolf.com is ready for your perusal. We got the tournament model. Our Vegas picks are going to be up shortly. We have our course report and the foreplay coming up later this afternoon, early tomorrow morning, depending on ownership. So we're still shaking all that out, but it's all free so make sure you check that out of course the cut line is brought to you by fanshare sports and fanshare if you are not using fanshare's ownership to leverage your lineup building process you're not winning fanshare easy fix go to fanshare sports and the discount code write the word cut line and you'll receive 20 percent off your monthly membership now the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the u.s open at the country club and we're gonna do the best we can Oh, and remember, next Friday, 
is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop into the back door. And the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is your tournament lined up in the green, but so is your bankroll. We're here to give you cashing lineups, smashing lineups. So if you have beef with your lineups, the cut line is going to bring the ruckus, the wisdom, the dedication to give you the best plays for this week's U.S. Open. Making sure that you get six of six through the cut line. This is a tournament that forces every golfer to play their best game. And no particular advantage or style is going to correlate for any particular game plan or gain in this particular course, we think. So, it'll be interesting to watch what unfolds on Thursday. We got past winners in the U.S. Open that include Jordan Spieth, DJ, Justin Rose, Webb Simpson, Roy McIlroy, Lucas Glover. I don't think this weekend could get any stellar with just how priceless the U.S. Open is, and I love it. So, CutlineGolf.com, you can read the course report and about the country club. And as a golfer's fan, I love the fact that we are at an old school style course. This is something that really comes close to me. I love the old style courses. Like you only really see them on your municipal courses that haven't changed since like the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So it's always fun to go play as, as, as a golfer for me. And it's claimed that of all the old American golf courses, the country club has been the least changed since it amassed its 18-hole layout. So now the course has 27 holes and it'll be dispersed over the entire event. I'm not going to go into great depth without like visuals here on the podcast, but Sports Boston did an awesome job. You can find the link over on cutlinegolf.com to get there. Now the U.S. Open is notorious for a rough that's intimidating and for the country club to compete against modern golf equipment. I wouldn't be surprised to see it grown out to its maximum length, especially around the greens. So it's going to cause issues on approach, but around the green as well. So long story short, it could be guys like Hovland's worst nightmare. Now, the country club doesn't start easy. In fact, don't be angry if some going in your player pool is potentially shooting plus two after the first four holes. Three of the first four are par fours that are nearly 490 yards or longer. And the second hole is a 215-yard par three. So we see plenty of issues here right at the get-go with the U.S. Open. Now, length is sprinkling all over the par fours and the course lost on like plenty of par threes that's pretty short but nothing shorter than the par 311 which is only 131 yards and players can be challenged with every club in their bag though on this entire course the defining feature of the country club very small greens and after looking i don't think smaller greens can be found at any major championship probably with the exception of pebble beach which are roughly the same size now the major difference between the two courses Pebble's defense is the coastal winds that can easily deviate what looks like a perfect shot right or left, short or long. Here at the Country Club, we're looking at undulation, rolling terrain, applies to these greens. Players could easily fly these greens coming out of the rough, and the whole positions could add an additional wrench to any shot around the green, including bunker shots. We love aggressive play, and what comes to mind is DeChambeau's bombed and ripped apart wing foot in 2020, but it really was an anomaly. He was excellent every part of his game that weekend. He gained like nearly five strokes putting, so... Um, yet I don't think that play is going to happen this weekend at the country club. You're not going to have someone just dominate like that. Putting is not going to be as difficult because, well, you have smaller greens. I don't foresee a lot of three putts. Um, so keep that in mind as we move forward. It's going to force shots that require creativity. Uh, greenside chipping are going to have wide open club faces, and we're going to see a lot of players falter around the green. So make sure you use that as a stat that you're going to use in your, play, your picks and plays. You know, the U.S. Open asks players to be their best over four rounds. For that reason, we've seen a top 10 littered with the best players in the world. 
year in and year out. So Willie Campbell is your architect, Poa Greens, 4,300 square feet, very small greens, stint meters anywhere from 11 to 12 plus, could be very fast. Our length is 7,264 yards, par 70. Uh, there are three, three water hazards, but it comes into play on four different holes. And I looked, it's like 75 plus bunkers. Most of those are around the green. Looking at weather ahead Thursday, you're going to get some severe wind in the afternoon that's going to go into Friday. So if you are going to play the tea time wave, the morning one looks to be smarter here, um, especially with wind you know, not picking up till about 11, 12. You might be able to get an edge there. Keep peak paying attention to the weather forecast as we move forward. Nuggets and tidbits. There have been players that have seen this course before. The 2013 U.S. Amateur won by Matt Fitzpatrick. And others who participated in that tournament include Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas, and Corey Connors. Corey Connors. Last 10 winners of the U.S. Open were ranked inside the top 30 of the official world golf rankings. Uh, I put a little uh, nugget and tidbit here on the website, but you can see what Harvard players who play this course weekly have said and the importance of conservative play. And, of course, Country Club is one of the founding members of the USGA. Uh, past winners, John Rahm, DeChambeau, Woodland, Kepka. Key stats I'm looking at, ball striking, strokes gain approach, tee to green, scrambling, bogey avoidance around the green, fairways gained. U.S. Open experience, but I'm not going to weight that too heavily. Similar courses, Wingfoot for the U.S. Open, Bethpage Black, Torrey Pines, Pebble Beach, kind of, and TPC Sawgrass, kind of. Looking for those tighter greens, tighter fairways. So, question is, who are we going to be playing this weekend? He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this is the Cutline's Birdie or Better segment where we break down each tier of DraftKings pricing. But before we do that, we want to talk about some strategy for the weekend. Uh, first of all, this is a major, so you're going to get a lot of fish in these tournaments. And when I say that, like, these tournaments are massive. Okay, so looking just basically at what we're what we have in terms of like the high priced ones, right? So of course you got the milli, which is right now pegged for two hundred seventeen thousand entrants. Um, we're we're looking at I guess more affordable for that mid level player. So we're we're getting rid of these thousand dollar hundred dollar entries. So that that that's just a massive amount of competition you're going to be going up against. Okay, we'll go down to like the fifty dollar. Um, like the the ten the ten times booster, this makes more sense to me if you're gonna play fifty bucks, like thirty four entrants. That's it. Top three win five hundred dollars. You're gonna tell me you don't want five hundred bucks? I'd take it, take it in a heartbeat. Um, the forty four dollar, the forty four dollar with one thousand sixty entrants available has a forty thousand dollar prize pool. So that's something I'm going to focus on this weekend is the fact that I'm going to be very conscientious of my contest selection to take advantage of it, especially the major. Like when DeShamba won the U.S. Open, he like Guido finished in the top five. You think you're going to find Guido? You think you're going to find Guido this weekend? Like that's what you are banking on? Like you're going to have the nuts because of that? I don't think so. I don't think so. I do not think so. Like, you got a winner-take-all. Ten guys. Twenty bucks. Get your $180 with the rake. 
All right, so be mindful of contest selection. I, I think it's very important. A lot of single entry opportunity. If you're going to spend 100 bucks this weekend, go with the $100 single. I think it's just more bang for your buck, especially with the, the field and everything we're looking at. But next thing we're going to point out is strategy here. I filter my model by the official world golf rankings in the top 35. Okay, regardless of who I want to play, regardless who I'm fading, regardless who I have interest in, the point being is that we have the top 35, according to the official world golf rankings, and you can make some really great lineups. This is without sorting through like all the DK pricing. This is this is one through 35 from Scotty Scheffler all the way down to HV3. And by the way, Kevin Kisner, he is the lone 6K coming in at less than 1% ownership. He ranks 32nd in the world, 6,900, one win in his career. Of these top 35, Zalatoris, Fitzpatrick, Cameron Young, HV3 have not won on the PGA Tour. In terms of major winners, all right, you just have Scheffler, Rahm, McElroy, JT, Morikawa, Spieth, Decky, DJ, Brooks Kepka, Louis, Shane Lowry, and DeChambeau. So you want to just make it easy on yourself this weekend? Take the official world golf rankings, take those top 35s, build to your heart's content, play the guys that you like, and take advantage of it. I think that is massive. Okay, I think it is massive to take advantage of it. Don't even take it into ownership to account because you're just gonna be different. Okay, this is really something to consider. You look at like another thing I want to point out about these guys, okay? And a lot of people are using like tournament history at the US Open, which is fine. Okay, that that is great. But just looking at the last five years, all right, looking at the last five years. And how many of these guys did not miss a cut at the U.S. Open? And just the top 35, there are only seven. Patrick Cantlay, Victor Hovland, Xander, Decky, Brooks, Louie, and Harris English. That's it. So, like, people are looking at, like, someone like Corey Connors, and they're, they're saying, oh, my God, I'm not going to play him. He, he hasn't made a cut in the last five years at the U.S. Open. Well... A lot of people have missed cuts in the last five years here at this tournament. Obviously, different venues. And it only kind of re reinforces the point that I'm going to bank on course fit and form. Not just U.S. Open history and how they've done in that. Okay? And we already know Xander. Xander in this tournament, no matter where it is, seems to do well. But at some point, the shoe's going to fall off, right? He's going to miss a cut or have a bad outing. Who knows? It, like, it's just... You cannot consistently do that in modern golf. I know my boy Tommy wants him to win. Right, Tom? All right, so we're going to that 10K pricing. Here we go. We're going to break it down. We're going to look at this top tier from Scotty Scheffler all the way down to Colin Morikawa. And guys I like, guys I don't like. First of all, I don't like Rory. Uh, Rory played out of his mind last weekend. We saw that. We know how, you know, winning a tournament, but we've seen him win the tournament prior to US Open and not win the tournament at all. Now, I'm not focusing on wins here. I want DraftKings scoring. So, guys I'm more interested in are like low-owned Scotty Scheffler, lower-owned John Rahm, lower-owned Cam Smith, and lower-owned Colin Morikawa. There, there's nothing to say that those guys can't compete here. 
right? There's nothing to say that. Like, some might argue Cam Smith because he misses fairways and everything like that. Well, he's going to be clubbing down. He's going to be clubbing down, and, and we see him compete at the Masters. Obviously, a different tournament, but still. You can't tell me that we, we he can't compete here. You look at his history at the U.S. Open, miscut, 38th, 72nd, miscut. So that's two out of four. He's not gaining strokes tee to green. It's nasty rough. Still, Cam Smith hitting fairways, dialed in on approach. I would take that. I would take that leverage. Um, looking at these guys in terms of like their PGA stats or 2022, I don't, JT is unmatched in this top tier. No one comes close to JT. Like Scheffler, the putting recently has been brutal. Rom, the short game and around the green game, I'm sure that's going to improve, but people are going to get away from him because we know how important that is this year. Cam Smith, right, misses fairways, doesn't have the distance, lacks ball striking because he misses fairways, tough at, tough at scrambling. Morikawa is kind of that enigma because he sucks around the green as well, and we just have not seen him since he missed the cut. When? At the Memorial? Is that it? He missed the cut at the Memorial? Yeah. So, like, 40th, 55th, we, we see that Morikawa is just not in the greatest form in terms of where he's placing, but still, it's something to consider. When we look at the approach stats and my approach model for these guys, the guy who's looking the best right now, especially in the last, like, 12 rounds, twenty like, 24 rounds, we're looking at Rom, we're looking at Rory, and we're looking at JT. Those three are just doing, lighting it up in terms of approach. Rom's hitting fairways. If this ownership stays low, I am going to go to John Rom. It just makes sense. The guy's won a major before. He's an amazing, like, I think he's got something to prove. He's had such a bad run of it. Why not? And, you know, we talked about JT being due, and I'm not going to wait for John Rom to prove it. I'm going to roster him before everyone else does. So we're going to go to that 9K range, and Victor Hovland not probably getting the love he deserves because of around the green game, but um, this is guy playing in a major does actually do well on these more difficult tracks and, and struggling, but the around the green game is abysmal. But now when you look at the field, though, it's not terrible. He ranks 79th in the field, which is middle of the pack, upper middle of the pack, but still, and we know the tough conditions that these golfers can face. Hovland, with the withdraw in 2021, finished 13th and 12th, so you can't tell me that he's not an option. I mean, we saw how long Wingfoot was when DeChambeau won and Hovland finished 13th. So I like him as a high-risk play. And the, the fact that he's coming in at $9,700 on DraftKings, I think it's a perfect pivot for just 100 bucks to get away from Xander. And I get it. Five straight top 10s for Xander Shoffley. Like, you can't ignore it. You can't ignore the fact that he just finished 18th at the Memorial. You can't ignore the fact that he ranks ninth in the field in bogey average, eighth in bogey avoidance, fourth in par threes, third in par fours, um, seventh in birdie average, twelfth in approach, fourth in ball striking. Like I wouldn't even object to you starting with Hovland and Shoffley and skipping the whole 10K range in a heartbeat. The issue is that these guys, Hovland, you know, Hovland, Shoffley, no major winners. It's hard to win your first win major at the U.S. Open. But again, we're focused on DraftKings scoring, making cuts, getting through that. And I think Hovland and Shoffley are key plays here. Jordan Spieth was dialed in. He was on fire. He absolutely was crushing, 
right? Won the RBC Heritage, and you can see some correlation here with the tight fairways and everything like that, but I, I don't think it's going to be as tight. It's obviously not a put-the-ball-in-the-fairway-wedge-type course. It's going to be incredibly difficult, but, you know, 7th at the Schwab, 18th at the Memorial. He hasn't missed a cut since Augusta. He looks really good. Ownership is reflecting that, though. He's almost as high right now in our initial fan share ownership with Xander Shoffley. He's at 16, while X is over 19%. So be mindful of that. DJ, and we're going to kind of put DJ with DeChambeau. And I know DeChambeau is down to 7,900, but I got a feeling that these, and Louis too, these live tour guys are going to get low owned because they're live tour guys now. Like they're still playing golf. They haven't stopped practicing. They haven't stopped their regimen. And if anything, they have a different type of stress on them, but it's kind of nice to go home to hundred and some million dollars. If you ask me and politics aside, it kind of makes sense that you might want to roster these guys. If you like them here in your MMEs, right? You're not going to need much to double up on Dustin Johnson or Bryson DeChambeau and get leverage to the field. DeChambeau has won a U.S. Open, right? DJ coming at 3% ownership fits the scores very well. Can dial in on the fairway all he wants. He's long, right? A lot of people are saying this isn't a bomber's course. I think you can bob and gouge a lot of these holes. The fairways aren't that restrictive. You can bomb and gouge those par fives. It's your approach shots and coming in on those small greens that are going to be the issue. So DJ, DeChambeau, Louie, guys who have great history at U.S. Opens, Coming in at way lower ownership, those most definitely are leverage pivot plays. Um, so keep that in mind. Going on in like Zalatoris, Cantlay, Deki, Matsuyama, Shane Lowry, Joaquin Neiman. Guys are going to like be on Lowry. Like he's been talked about a lot. Neiman's been talked about a lot. Deki is not coming in talk very much. Um, and that's pretty much in part to the fact that like I don't like – because of the injuries, because of what he's been managing, and because we haven't seen him since the PGA Championship is a possibility. But come on, he's coming in with five straight made cuts at the U.S. Open. I'm not heavily weighting that. I understand that. But he finished in second in 2017. So to say that he can't compete here is ridiculous. Ever since he won the Masters, his game has changed. His confidence has changed. Right, He's 12th in bogey avoidance, 20th in scoring, 9th in greens and regulation, 8th in approach, 5th in ball striking. And you're telling me of all these guys like Cantlay, Zalatoris, who's never even won on tour, it, 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 he's coming in lower owned than all these guys? Take advantage when you can. Decky is a lock, right? Decky has won a major. He's won multiple times on the PGA Tour. It's exactly what you want. You want your best players competing in these events. And you want to get leverage to the field and ownership. Decky has won eight times on the PGA Tour. Eight times. All right. So to put that in perspective, in this 9K range, from Hovland all the way down to Lowry, two players have won more than him. Dustin Johnson, PGA journeyman now we would call him, live tour member, 39 years old. Highly doubtful with that age. Strokes gain old. He's going to win again. And Jordan Spieth who realistically doesn't fit this style of course. Like if I were asked, I would throw my eggs all in one basket on decky, especially maybe in single entries. Take advantage. Watch that X ownership. It's going to go up. Or 
people are going to be like, eh, we're going to play the ownership game. And his ownership is actually going to come in lower when lineups lock. That's your call. It's your play. I'm banking on Xander to be a decent DraftKings scorer. I'm not banking on him to win. But again, I think winning in DraftKings is overrated. You want the scoring by far. So going on the 8K range, we're looking at Neiman, Young, Brooks, Kapka, Horschel, Fitz, Berger, Burns, Finau, Homa, and Terrell Hatton. Burns and Finau getting all the love. I don't love Finau this weekend. Last weekend, he did a lot of it with the putter, especially in round three. So I'm not going to be jumping all aboard the Finau train like I normally do. I, like He does have a decent course fit, don't get me wrong, but he's middle of the road on POA. But, I mean, he gained almost seven strokes putting last weekend. Seven strokes putting. That's not going to continue. That is not going to continue. And if you're going to give me double-digit ownership on Finau, I'd rather go down to Max Homa. I'd even rather go down to Terrell Hatton. Believe it or not, Terrell Hatton missed the cut last weekend. But in his two times making the cut at the U.S. Open, top 25 finishes. And we're getting him at a min price $8,000. Does he fit this course? Kind of, right? Hatton, he's decent in approach historically, but he's terrible off the tee. Um, you're basically trying to catch lightning in a bottle with Hatton. But 26th in the official world golf rankings, you really got to consider him and give him a shot. Sam Burns, I think, is going to get a lot of love this weekend, just basically how he played last weekend. People are going to try to make that correlation between recent form and everything like that. But I think paying up for someone like Joaquin Neiman or even going to Kepka, who's coming in at single-digit ownership. Billy Horschel, I, I got him wrong when he won. And I really, I was really kind of pissed about that because, long story short, it was like, why, why not play him? You know, in retrospect, and whatever, fine. You guys are gonna be like, okay, you're gonna go back and say, yeah, you should have played him. But you know, I he was off going into his win, right? Like miscut, 68th, and like had a lot of time off. Comes in the memorial and and wins. So I don't know. I I think he's playing his best golf right now. It's important to take advantage of guys who are coming off wins. Horschel's dialed in. He's coming in at lower ownership at 8,600, you know, single digit. I get that he's a little bit like shorter in terms of driving distance, but the guy can hit fairways. And if he can hit fairways, he can hopefully dial in for like, you know, greens and regulation and approach. So one thing I do love about Billy Horschel is around the green game is spectacular. It's something special. So try to take advantage of that and everything that we're doing. Fitzpatrick, he's just going to be highly loved. I don't hate playing this chalk. I like Fitzy a lot as well. One little caveat, Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric. I love sharing these little nuggets off Fanshare Sports. Ranks 55th in his model. So that's kind of a red flag for me because Lee's pretty sharp with that CSR. Or the, the yeah, the, CS, the, the CSR. But in my aggregate model, 12th, 14th, and 15th in my overall stat model. So... Something that's key, key, being like keened in on with Fitzpatrick is I think his ownership is going to explode. If you want to pivot, like I don't mind going down to someone like Daniel Berger. Berger, who solid in approach, solid off the tee, um, probably just a little shorter than Fitzpatrick, but 
phenomenal around the green, phenomenal in terms of scoring. He's a great scrambler, so he can do everything that you want there. He has two top 10 finishes in the last five years in the U.S. Open, so there's a lot to like coming off of his place at the Memorial, 23rd at the Charles Schwab. So that basically like crushes that 8K range. Let's look at that 7K range. So the 7K range is kind of where you're potentially going to be running into your moneymakers. Like you got DeChambeau, Connors, Mito, Aaron Wise, Fleetwood, Answer, Sungjae, Super Chalk. Um, but all the stats say play him. Louis, who I think is high risk because of, you know, the whole concept of joining the Live Tour, Russell Henley, HV3, EVR, all the way down to Patch. Like this whole list of guys is here for the 7K range. And it is filled with some interesting choices. And the first one I'm going to mention is Corey Connors. Connors, to me, I'm going to play him. And a lot of people are not on him. Like, you look at initial ownership. Fanshare has him about 12%. I thought that was going to come in higher. But with Sungjae garnering so much ownership, Keegan Bradley garnering so much ownership, Corey Connors is coming in a lot lower than previously expected. Now, here's the thing. People are going to look at his course history or tournament history and see three missed cuts in five years. And I get that. The thing is, driving distance mattered a lot in those long, long, long U.S. Opens. This course is shorter, even though those par fours play longer. But the par threes play short. I think this is where Connors can take advantage. And we look at like par four efficiency, like those 400 to 450 yards, Connors ranks 16th in the field. All right. 450 to 500 he ranks what was that 18th in the field or 15th in the field over the last 50 rounds so connor's to me is one of those low owned leverage plays that i'm going to try and take advantage of i think there's a lot of upside for Corey connor's especially what we saw last week now i'm not comparing st george's to the country club I'm not. They're they're different courses, but some of the features are going to be the same, right? The rough is going to be massively thick. Um, you're going to have small small greens that you're trying to approach, and we saw how well Connors did last weekend. As you know, he came in, you know, through the back door and finished with a top top ten finish. So I'll take the upside with Corey Connors, and I really like him a lot. I'm really considering him for my single entry right now because that's not a heavy price to pay for someone like that. But in those upper conversations, like when people are probably going to be looking to fade Sung JM, or at least half the field will have Sung JM, I think it's a good way to get different. Shambo, we kind of talked about when we were talking about Dustin Johnson. I kind of feel the same way about him and Louie. I just solo own because of what they've done. Solo because of what they've done joining the, the other tour. So, I don't think you reach here, right? Like, we, we've we looked at someone like Aaron Wise. He finished second at the Memorial Tournament, but he's having a hell of a year statistically. Dominating par threes, decent in distance, hitting fairways, ball striking. You know, everything on approach says 2022 is his year. Um, the problem is when the courses get tough, Aaron Wise really doesn't fit that mold, at least not yet in his career. So 
He's most definitely like one of those high risk gamble type plays. I wouldn't hate it if you put him in like MME lineups. I wouldn't go three max with him. I wouldn't go single entry with him. I just think there's too much risk there. But then again, to get risky is how you win those GPPs, win those tournaments. Um, thing is though, he ranks 23rd in my overall stat model, 23rd in my confidence model, 29th in my in, in the aggregate model. When you look at terms of ownership, he's still coming in at single digits right now. He does probably have a higher cut percentage than I like. It's near 38%. So um, going down to like answer, he's going to be more volatile. That's someone I most definitely don't want to touch. Same with like Harris English. Even I'd arguably say like Sebastian Munoz, these guys that have these high cut percentages. English is above 52% for me. So I'm probably not going to have any interest in Harris English. And then we, we do have to talk about the conundrum that is Keegan Bradley. Statistically, he absolutely fits this course, smashes it, looks good on approach, looks good in terms of like his around the green game, his scoring ability. Thing is, is he's not really avoiding bogeys. And and that kind of concerns me because this is going to have bogeys on this course. Are we going to see a Keegan Bradley that's like so chalky owned that it's going to kill and smash other lineups? Potentially, but we also have a Keegan Bradley that is ranking 30th in my projections model. When you look at the style model, he ranks 17th. So there's like tons of upside there. Um, Taylor Gooch, limited sample size, but I do want to mark uh, mention that he ranks first in my style model. So course style model in terms of my projections, 31st in my uh, uh, weekend projections, 40th in my overall stat model. So he's kind of in that Goldilocks zone of that 30 to 40 range. Solid in, in my putting model ranks 33rd. My scoring model, 35th. Approach model, 38th. Fairways and greens, he's he's in the middle of the road. Uh, struggles off the tee. So that's the kind of worry I have here with Taylor Gooch. Don't think he's going to be highly owned. Never has played in the U.S. Open. So, well, that's not true. 2017, finished 66th. So you can take advantage of that. And he's looking in pretty good form. Two straight made cuts after he missed the cut at the Byron Nelson. So... Seamus Power, Sebastian Munoz, Harris English, we talked about. Webb Simpson, at, you know, like Webby at 7,400. Seven wins in his PGA Tour career. Thing is, is, you know, are we at strokes gained old for Webb Simpson? Is he someone who, at 36 years old, is ready to move on from the PGA Tour? I'm not quite sure, but it is pretty nice to have one-time major winner Webb Simpson potentially in your MMEs and in your lineups. I think he does fit this course. He is decent enough on approach historically. Um, this year's a little bit different story. And we've seen a miscut last year, but before that, four straight miscuts, which included two top tens. So looking at pretty good form, like missed the Wells Fargo, but made the cut at the PJ Championship, finished 20th, 27th to Charles Schwab. So I do like seeing that. But in terms of like the style projections, doesn't fare so well. Adam Scott actually fits a little bit better, but that is part of him being 41 years old and having so many statistics in his career to that style projection. But three straight made cuts at the U.S. Open. It's just we're not seeing the upside that I want to see from Adam Scott, especially at 7,200. I'd rather risk on Tringale, Sepstraka, even Kokrak or, or Leishman. EVR, Cage Lee. But um, guy I do like, uh, the guys I just mentioned, is EVR. Um, he ranks 33rd in my overall stat model, 41st in my confidence model, 37th in my aggregate model. I do think he's like a sneaky three max play if you're going to throw him in and try to get different somewhere. Sucks at scrambling. So if he's not hitting fairways, like he's dead, he's going to be done. 
But the fact that he's missed three straight cuts is very concerning, right? PGA Championship, Schwab Memorial, like he's coming in super cold. So, like, it's a most definitely a high-risk, volatile play. But if in terms of, like, guys that can fit and you want to pivot from, like, high-owned guys that in here, like Davis Riley. Um, like, Davis Riley coming in at, like, 23%, 24%. Yeah, not going to touch that. Not going to touch that if that ownership is that high for a $7,300 guy. I don't care if he makes the cut. He's not going to get you enough DK points to compete with you at the end of the weekend. Sergio, no thank you. We all know how I feel about him. Um, HV3 is coming in pretty popular. So I still would play him even though it's not enough. It's like 11%. And then if you look at like maybe someone sneaky, I think never gets enough respect. And that's Jason Kokrak coming in at 7,200, which is like a crying shame uh top 20 in 2021 53rd in 2017 um looking in pretty bad form but you know is what it is so justin rose people are going to go back to them seeing what they saw last weekend i'll go elsewhere gary woodland probably getting it because he's won the u.s open before and people are going to see that and want to play him see who kim thomas peters guys that are going to be popular the 6k range other than kisner i really don't have a ton of interest i highly doubt that like phil is gonna pull off the you know crap he pulled at the pga championship two years ago or last year like guido you, you really think guido's coming back and he's gonna he's gonna figure it out um playing in these low owned or lower entry contests kind of gives me some luxury to kind of avoid this range um but you know i still like someone like i like the approach players so like i'll look at someone like Putnam, someone like Brandon Grace, someone like Mac Hughes, Lucas Herbert, like these guys can hit greens even on these small ones, even Guido and Novak. Are they going to top five, top 10? I'm not sure. Um, Bo Hostler is going to be popping in everyone's approach models. I have a feeling that by the end of the week, by lock, Bo's going to be getting some love and people are going to really be reaching up in this upper tier and not bouncing out their lineups as much. That's a potential uh, opportunity. So, And then Matt McCartney, um, McCarty, he's ranks 28th in my projections. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on there. Um, that's it. Let's take it home. Let's go. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the breakdown of the U.S. Open. Join us next week as we break down the Travelers at TPC River Highlands. Special thanks to Fanshare Sports. Thanks to Johan Sports Group. And a special thanks to Golf Goons. See you next week. Crush them on Sunday. Peace. Peace.